This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. The Buck Sexton Show. Andy McCarthy, he is a contributing editor at National Review, former federal prosecutor for the Southern District of New York. Andy, good, uh, great to have you as always. Buck, good to be with you. Uh, so let's start off with the uh, the reaction, the, the coverage of the attack yesterday at Ohio State, if I could, Andy. I see here... And this is the sort of thing that I, I might have I might have tweeted out um, and and then thought was too snarky, but it's clearly not. You know, s- still searching for motive after we find. You know, they're always still searching for motive on CNN.com right now. Just posted in the last hour, searching for motive in OSU attack. The New York Times doesn't even have, as I can see it on its front page now, a story that even touches on yesterday's uh, terrorist attack at Ohio State University. When when do we know when do we get to know the motive? I mean, the guy posted a Facebook <laughs> manifesto saying this is my motive. When do we get to have the press say, yeah, we know the motive? Yeah, you know, next to the stories about how we don't have the motive yet, you'll have one decrying the fake news, right? Um, that's pretty much where we're at. You know, I I think, Buck, it's it's just calcified received wisdom uh, on the left, and it's pervaded. Uh, into the mainstream media that uh, Islamic supremacist ideology, there may be no such thing as it, but it certainly doesn't cause terrorism. And that's their story, and they're sticking with it. So every single time something like this comes up, uh, they're going to have you know a million alternative explanations for it and avoid at all costs the only explanation that makes any sense. It's almost, you know, it's, it's really self-parody by now. But you know, when you, I hate to tie everything back into the election, but, you know, when the left does what it's, uh, you know, supposedly doing its, uh, you know, post-mortem and it's soul-searching, if it has a soul or, you know, whatever it is it's doing, uh, and they, they want to know how in the world did Trump win. Well, this is how Trump won. You know, the, basically the, the, the filter to the public is the media and the public has decided that the media may not even just be an adjunct of the democratic party. I think it it may be that the democratic party is an adjunct of the media, but whatever it is, it's so preposterous that I I think people just have now started to laugh at it. They think that things are, um, they think that things are true uh, when the media reports it in the other direction. I think they wait to hear, you know, if the media says uh, we're still searching for the motive, then they know exactly what the motive is, as if anyone had to tell them. 
Right, and if they had the leeway to come up with a, a distraction motive, they they certainly would. But in this case, it's kind of hard, right? I mean, Andy, you were a federal prosecutor. If if you were looking for a murder sus, or if you had a murder suspect in custody, and you found a, I just said this before you came in here, you know, this this sort of uh, postulating this theory, you found a handwritten note saying, "This is why I killed the person. These were the reasons behind it," and you had that, and you presented that to a grand jury. Nobody would then look at you right and say, "Well, Andy, is that really motive?" <laughs> well, I guess unless I had a, a jury full of lawyers, but otherwise, otherwise, if they're just common sense people, I think you're exactly right. No, you know, look, those are these are the cases, Buck, that, that never even go to trial, or if they do go to trial, they go to trial on some extravagant theory, like uh, you know, the person was nuts, so the person wasn't competent, or, you know, the, uh, uh, he was hypnotized, or whatever. But these these cases are so overwhelming. In terms of both, you know, your evidence of the actions that happened and the evidence of the intent and motivation behind it, that, that they never even go to trial. But I think that we need to, to bear in mind when we're looking at the media that they're really, at this point, uh, no longer a media in the traditional sense. They're really a, a, a part of a political movement. And in politics, if that's what you're, what's going to be your compass. If Islamic supremacist ideology is not the cause of terrorism, we all know that something must cause it. And they, they like being able to fill in that blank with whatever it is that's bothering the left that week, you know, whether it's uh, uh, income inequality or Bush-Cheney counterterrorism or Israel or, you know, whatever their bugaboo of the moment is, they fill in the blank of what causes terrorism with that. And we laugh at it, but from their perspective, it's a pretty powerful rhetorical tool to say that the things that you happen to be against and that your political opposition happens to be for are the causes of mass murder attacks. Speaking to Andrew McCarthy here, he is a contributing editor to National Review. You can read his latest on nationalreview.com. He also writes for PJ Media. Uh, Andy, for me, it seems I think that the Trump uh, the, the Trump election uh, was an instance where the media finally came out and said that there and you there had been sort of uh, some of this in the past. I think it was BuzzFeed that said on, on the issue of of uh, gay marriage, now just called marriage equality, to to cover all of this. But on the issue of gay marriage, there's no two there are no two sides in our coverage or something like they they came out and said that that they're openly hostile right. to one side and openly positioning. So that's been out there, but there was a widespread sentiment, and they were saying it openly that it's different with Trump. We're actually going to be uh, we're going to be overt partisans, even though we're technically still calling ourselves journalists. I think that's Pandora's box. I, I think once they've you know now, why can't they apply that to anything? And why shouldn't we assume that they are? Which, by the way, I do. Yeah, Buck, I, I think that's right, except I think it was going on before Trump. It's just more overt. I, I look at things like, for example, global warning, the warming where they say the science is settled. Now, you know, any scientist who's worth his salt would tell you that the science is never settled. That's the whole point of science, right? We, we continue to check our premises, and uh, that's how we refine our knowledge. But what, they, what their position has been is if something is important enough to us, uh, the other side oughtn't be heard. And with Trump, you know, they manage because, uh, because Trump is a, is a gruff, uh, kind of larger-than-life, almost roguish character, they 
they kind of carried that uh, mentality to an extreme. But I think they've been doing it all along. If you look here, there, and everywhere, I mean, you and I have talked about uh, all the different ways they've tried to clamp down on speech, whether it's, uh, you know, this this resolution they tried to do with the Organization of Islamic uh, Cooperation uh, in order to, to try to make it against the law to speak critically about Islam, or whether it's the, you know, strangling of, uh, of campaign speech by these campaign finance regulations. But everywhere you look, or campus speech codes or whatever, what the left is about is not allowing the other side to be heard. And with Trump, I think they just raised it to a new overt level, but it's something they've been about for a long, long time. Right. I mean, in, in, in the case of, of Dan Rather and the, in the Bush-Gore uh, election and, and the forged documents, first of all, they still make movies called they, – they made a movie, I don't know if you know this, Eddie, called Truth, that even though the yeah. documents were <laughs> fake, there's this uh, right. theory that the underlying story was still true, <laughs> which is kind of an amazing yes, – right, right, right. An amazing right. position not, to take. What, is it, what does it say? It's not. It's not true, but it's accurate. That's right. It's not true, but it's accurate. But but at least in that instance, you could say, well, the partisan motivations led led to that uh, egregious error. Whether people believe that it was an error, or they just figured they could slip it by or not. But they could pin it on malpractice this time around. At least in the presidential uh, election side of things, it, it felt like they were just openly doing whatever they could for one side and saying it, as opposed to just doing it. Right? They were actually pushing. Yeah. Well, to but go, they are. The thing is, Buck, I think they are the side. I, I came to the conclusion during the election that we've been looking at this entirely wrong. You know, this idea that the, the, the media is an adjunct of the Democratic Party. I really think it's the other way around. I think that, the, you know, the media is representative of the culture and the direction in which progressives want to take the culture. And the Democratic Party is their vehicle. But it's not that they're carrying the Democrats' water. I, th- I actually think it's the other way around. I wanted to get to your piece, Andy, on PJ Media, where you talk about Trump and the enforcement of immigration laws. W- what do you really see happening here? I mean, wh- where where is Trump going to go, with, given the promises that he's made? Uh, what do you think of Jeff Sessions as attorney general, and how does he play into all this? I mean, how do you see this unfolding? Well, I think Sessions is a terrific choice for attorney general. And for people who care about immigration enforcement, uh, he'll be superb as long as he's uh, permitted to do his job, which I think with with Trump, given the way Trump ran, uh, he'll have a a wide warrant to do that. But, you know, all this business, Buck, about, you know, mass deportations and, you know, we're going to build a sea-to-sea wall and it's going to be a million feet high and Mexico's going to pay for it. I I wouldn't hold my breath waiting for that to happen. Yeah, no no alligators with lasers on their heads, Andy? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Um, But, you you know, who knows? But I... I think what you're going to have, if you want to have sensible enforcement that's actually going to do something about immigration, is put off any uh, talk about, you know, a comprehensive settlement. And let's let's work on getting the the problem to a manageable number, which means you do border enforcement and you do ordinary, sensible law enforcement, which means you kick out of the country uh, all of the people who violate you know, federal and state laws, not just the, you know, not the laws that uh, strictly involve immigration and illegal presence in the United States, but, you know, ordinary felonies. There's plenty of those people. You get them out of here and you you prosecute the magnets of immigration, which are employers who illegally hire illegal aliens so that if you dry up the 
you know, the employment possibility and you get rid of the real bad apples, which you need to do anyway, but also shows a seriousness of purpose and you get actual border security, which doesn't require a wall. It just requires the will to do it. Uh, I think then you see the immigration, the, the numbers of illegal aliens go down to a manageable amount. And then we can talk about what ought to be our triggers or our predicates for uh, the kind of legal immigration system that we want to have, get that number right. And then over time, the problem will fix itself. But it's not the kind of thing that needs to be comprehensively solved. It's not our fault that uh, people are living in the shadows. If you come to a foreign country that you're not allowed to be in, you should expect to live in the shadows. It's not, the, it's not our public's obligation to fix that problem. That's something most of the illegal alien population took on themselves. Um, but I think what you do is you create the incentive system for people who don't belong here to go back on their own without having to use our uh, justice system to do it. You get the illegal population down to a manageable amount. And then you can talk about things like uh, if you want to give a modest amnesty, what categories of people, what they would have to show to qualify for it. And in the meantime, figure out what we need in the way of really uh, legal immigration that actually contributes, especially economically, to the country. You could solve this in 10 years, but there's no way it's going to get solved in 10 minutes. And I have to say, I've seen Democrats seemingly opposed to the idea of even deportations for illegal alien criminals, meaning that they, you know, they, they say that there's too many and this is going to uh, the long night of fascism will descend over communities where they have to go in and and they'll, so not only are they in favor, it seems to me, or at least some of the sort of leading lights of the Democrat left in media, and I, I guess the Democratic Party, too, they're in favor of a mass amnesty. They're even opposed to deporting people that come here illegally, stay here illegally, and then do illegal stuff on top of that. Well, but they're Democrats waiting to happen, right? So, um, you know, I mean, they have a reason. Uh, yeah, it's a constituency. Way, they got to take care of their constituents. I understand. But, I, you know, I, I just think that they ought to be pinned down on that. If they want to be the party that wants to have an amnesty for, say, felons who are evading deportation by virtue of the fact that they're in American prisons because of felonies they've committed, then I think uh, from the Republican standpoint, they ought to let them, you know, be the party that wants to take that position. And also using the levers that are in place, we don't use them right now. I've spoken to some of the folks from the Center for Immigration Studies about this in the past. My understanding is current current federal law, if if there is a country that will not take back its citizens that have committed crimes here that we are trying to deport, we stop issuing visas from that country full that we have the full authority to do that. But the U.S. government won't. Yeah, we absolutely. It's insane if you don't. Right. You should cut off money. You should cut off visas. You should cut off. You know, look, we have pressure points that we can use with almost any country in the world. This shouldn't be. If we're if we're having trouble negotiating this, it's because we're tying you know both hands and a foot behind our backs. Andy McCarthy is a contributing editor at National Review. National Review, read his latest at National Review Online. Also, you can follow him on Twitter. Andy, always appreciate you stopping by the Freedom Hut, sir. Thank you for uh, making some time. Thanks so much, Buck. Take care. The Buck Sexton Show. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. 
Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.